views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Good morning, America. It's Tuesday morning, another version of the Authors Hour on Smoking 99.9 FM, WNRI, 1380 AM in the Blackstone Valley since 1954 on 2500 watts. Also, tune in radio, Alexa, Apple, and about 11 other sources for this fine programming. And also... Uh, proud sponsored by the Association of Rhode Island Authors. I'm proud to be a member and I'm proud to be a board member. And i got an exciting guest today that's coming on. Our newest board member of the Association of Rhode Island Authors is also an author, Angelina Singer, with numerous books out there in sci-fi. So we're going to be talking about sci-fi and Comic-Con and the newer generation and the different style of genre that we normally do not have on the show. And I think it's going to be very entertaining for you if you have a manuscript right now or you got an idea for a book. There's no better organization to sign up with right now. Association of Rhode Island Authors. Anyone can join the Association of Rhode Island Association of Authors. But you'll find that a published author and an aspiring author with a complete manuscript will benefit most from our membership. In addition, your membership fee helps support all Rhode Island's most talented writers. Benefits of being an ARA membership include networking with dozens of local published authors at our monthly meetings that are always held on the second Thursday of the month. Presentations from industry pros on a wide array of published topics, exclusive invitations to speak and conduct your presentations at libraries and other venues. Advanced notice of any expos, festivals, and any other event where books are sold. A reduced table fee at the Rhode Island Authors Expo, a website link in IRA's members directory, and so much more. Check us out at www.riauthors.org. I did. Now, also, our lively literati at Main Street East Greenwich Hotel is still on hold while the pandemic goes through for the crowd controls and stuff like that. Watch our Facebook page and our website for any new changes on that as uh, the state opens up more and more. But also right now, it's open to all of our association members, our new anthology for 2021. And Martha heads at that again this year as a volunteer basis. And what a great job she's been doing the last year. A couple of years have been fantastic. The theme for this year's anthology, Use Your Imagination, Green. What is the interpretation of green for you? And that's going to be our anthology theme for 2021. Submissions are open right now. Check out our website for all of that info. Harvest Moon Health Foods, Route 21, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza in Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Healthy foods for a healthy lifestyle. Gluten-free products. Over 100 dried herbs, nuts, and seeds. Healthy snacks. Help your body to reinforce its immune response. 
hemopathic and herbal allergy relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, Rudy's, Nature's Plus, Vatlin's Organic Oils, Food for Life, and so much more. Natural honey and organic coconut sugar, raw milk. Elderberry for flu remedies, consumer-friendly hours on Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Harvest Moon Health Foods, .net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. And you can see Brian and the number 19 over at Thompson Speedway, April 10th and 11th, for the annual Icebreaker. He'll be running in the late model series. Transportation and limousine services provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks today and the following. AuthorsHourBookstore.com. New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Authors Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closed-out book. Again, it's the new AuthorsHourBookstore.com. If you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny. Happy birthday today. A nice author here from Woonsocket into uh, The Conjuring and other things like that. 68 years old today, Paul Eno, a Winsocket author, has his own radio show also. Stephen Eisenstein from Tampa, uh, Bucks on the Bookshelf, one of our affiliates on Saturday morning on WBBF. And uh, Paul Manville, Paul DeRufa, John DeRufa, 66 today. And Susanna Ehrenhardt turns 27 from Mooresville, North Carolina, works at NASCAR. On the line right now, we have the newest member of the Board of Directors of the Association of Rhode Island Authors and a very popular sci-fi writer that's been participating in Comic-Con with a group of our authors down in Providence the last few years to great reviews. Good morning, Angelina. How are you? I'm great, Wayne. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, it's a pleasure. I started reading the first, uh, let me mark it here, the sorting room that you sent me, part of the Upper World series, and I'm up to page 78, and then I switched gears yesterday while my wife was at a doctor's appointment, and I jumped forward to forgetting what I couldn't remember, and now I have a bad decision. (laughs) Which one did I jump back to because they were both entertaining? How long, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> how long have you been writing, young lady? Um, in various capacities my whole life. I mean, really, uh, when I was younger, in middle school even, I just noticed I had a natural ability. Like, teachers would just say, you don't have to do your second draft, you can hand in your essay. And I'm like, okay, interesting, but all right, I'll take it. And from there, I just kind of uh, kept going. And, you know, life happened, and... Uh, I started publishing books. Uh, that's actually a funny story, which I can share, but uh, I'll let you keep going. <laughs> okay. Are so. you the first author in your family? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, my, my uncle keeps threatening to publish a plastering book, but I don't know that he really will. We'll see. <laughs> and I noticed on both of these two books I have in my possession, it looks like you went Amazon KDP route. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, now who minted you on self-publishing in the decision to go with Amazon? Was it self-taught on a YouTube or something? Ah, great question. Um, not really. Actually, there was someone at my church that uh, used CreateSpace at the time. So he told me to go ahead and check it out because I was working on something casually. And I'm like, well, that is well. I don't know. Just because I have something. And, uh, and then I went ahead and did it. And obviously now it's all merged to KDP, but it's all basically the same thing. So, um, yeah, it was just something I heard about. I figured I'd dip my toes in the water, and I'm really glad I did it. They, uh, Amazon's great. They put together some really great quality paperbacks, and so it's been good for me. No complaints here. <laughs> okay, now, a non-listening audience, we have a lot of people that have a manuscript. Uh, they're at that 98% jumping off the cliff. Should I write the book? Should I go through with it? On your scale of 1 to 10, starting with Amazon or the self-publishing route, you know, doing all the work yourself without farming out the cover, the editing, stuff like that. Could you walk the process just in general terms to our listening audience and take away the intimidation? Is it, I'd uh, be happy to. Is it basically if you're computer literate, they're so user-friendly, they walk you through it? Uh, okay, well... That's the part that I would complain about for Amazon, then, because I will say that formatting and, you know, like getting the document in there can be a little bit obnoxious. Um, it's a lot of trial and error is what it is. When you upload your document, uh, there are some margin issues, there are some really technical things, and really the only way around it is just to keep kind of poking around at it, try to try it and see if it sits better. Um, they do offer some templates, which, I mean, I guess I'm weird because I haven't used those. Maybe that's why. But, but, you know, there are definitely tools out there. You just have to ask the right people. Um, like you were saying earlier, ARIA is an excellent resource for anybody who really wants to hear from more experienced authors. And you can reach out on the Facebook page. You can ask around people that you know that are doing the same thing can help you um, kind of navigate that. Um, I mean, as for me, I know you meant just the process in general, but, like, I am freelance editing now myself, so I kind of, I plan to do my own editing, which may or may not be a good idea, but it's been good, going good so far. So to answer your question, um, you really just upload the document, kind of see how it sits, look at the digital proof, maybe buy a printed proof to check your covers and everything sitting the way you want it to be. Um, and then from there, you just make your edits. And the good thing about KDP is, unlike Ingram Spark, you don't have to pay every time you re-upload, which I think is a total scam. I would never want to do that. <laughs> like, nobody wants to do that. So, um, yeah, for sure. If I'm self-publishing, KDP is what I do. Um, I definitely have plans to want to look for agent representation in the future. But for now, this is what I'm doing, and I'm very happy with it. So. Hopefully that clears it up a little bit, demystifies uh, the mystery of writing and publishing, like you said. Now, the first book, or right up to where you are now in your writing career, uh, is your formula to get the book, really edit it yourself, come up with your cover, uh, your ISB numbers, your PDF files, get all of your eggs in a row, 
and then uh, print out maybe five or six copies and give them to anonymous people for a feedback before you go with it? How, how do you do that part of it? Yeah, totally. So um, I've amassed a bit of an email list, um, just people that follow me through Comic-Con and just stuff I've kind of accumulated over the years. And so uh, I'll probably be putting out a call to action on my newsletter saying, hey, I have, you know, advanced reader copies available of my sequel. Anybody who wants to, I don't know, I'll probably put together some kind of a form. I'm still thinking about how to do that. But um, I absolutely do have people that I know will want to read an advanced copy. So I'll do that at the same time I'm having my cover design done, probably. <laughs> Try to multitask it. Um, and then once I have that all set, I can then get feedback from them, and they can tell me what they liked and didn't like and all that, and I can make those changes. So absolutely, when you're doing this, you want to crowdsource. You want to reach out to people that have an interest in your story, or maybe they just met you one time and they thought you were kind of interesting, and yeah, sure, I'll read it, whatever. Um, I've noticed that, you know, local Rhode Island and around the area, people are so supportive. I mean, like, it's a very small community, which I think is a real blessing and a real asset. So, um, you know, anytime you can do that, I recommend it. Just ask around and get people's opinions. That's what you want to do. So so you're using either constant contact or MailChimp for your email list? Yeah, MailChimp, actually, yes. Okay, MailChimp. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got a question for you because I'm not in that particular genre. Uh, if you pinpoint my favorites, I, I love historical fiction. I love a great story. But the Comic-Con phenomena worldwide, and I've been watching just as an observer, Providence Comic-Con just growing by leaps and bounds. Could you explain to me and our audience the emotional rush that you went through as a sci-fi writer should I get my works in Comic-Con? And once you got there, how it affected you emotionally as an author? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Comic-Con is fantastic. I've been lucky enough to do the Rhode Island one, I think, twice? Yeah, twice now. Um, maybe three times. It's not fully, it's all kind of blends. But I will say, um, you know, it's fantastic because you get these people with passionate ideas and passion about your genre, if you're sci-fi, thriller, um, even like anything. Like I, my books are also heavily romantic slanted, but they do have strong sci-fi elements. So they're able to be marketed to like multiple demographics in that way. Um, but emotionally, you get into Comic-Con, crowds and crowds of people back when, you know, crowds could be a thing, hopefully... This upcoming fall, things will be better, <laughs> we're hoping. But, uh, yeah, you see crowds and crowds of people in all these awesome costumes, just really fun, excited personalities, you know. And you're there at the table. Uh, you know, Aria is nice enough to kind of band everybody together, and you get, like, a discounted table rate, which is amazing. Like, I probably wouldn't be able to do it otherwise, so I'm so grateful to them. And, um, you know, people just walk up to the table. You do your best to get their attention, say, hey, like, do you like sci-fi? Do you... Are you interested in this? And then start up a conversation. And then, you know, they'll get to know you a bit. Um, I always have a mailing list sign up on my table so people can be like, yes, I want to follow your mailing list. You know, let's do that. So we have that. And we talk to them. Um, you know, I offer some special deals. Like for my trilogy, I'll say like three for 30, which is a little bit nicer than paying 12 for each one. People like deals like that. So that helps a lot. Um, and then you just kind of get to know people and see like, what are you into? And then... 
it's just really fun. And then on top of that, I also speak on panels. So I've done um, a couple of sci-fi panels with um, my fellow board members of ARIA. It's been really fun. You know, we love kind of um, sharing ideas and talking to the audience and educating people about what we do. And so I kind of feel like a celebrity for the few days I'm there. It's really fun and it's exhausting. It's long days and you're on your feet and you're talking to people all day. But I kind of love it. Like, it's really, really fun and I miss it. I really hope we get to go back this year. So fingers crossed, right? (laughs) I got an email from Heather from Long Island, New York. And she has a question. As an author, when you're set up with that big, big crowd at a Comic-Con, are you able to handle credit card payments? Yeah, excellent question. Thank you, Heather. So basically, um, I have something called Square, I believe. Yes, it's called Square. It's a little gadget that hooks up to my phone. And you can scan credit cards, just slide it right through it. I believe if you go online, you can get the scanner for free. And they have some fancier ones that are like touchless or like chip readers i don't know um i just have the really basic one that you slide through and it works i mean i have um i have a newer iphone so i have to use the uh, little adapter to get it to plug into the to the um you know the power but other than that it's it's really great and it allows you to to take credit cards and you know there's always paypal and venmo and stuff too so you know, just keep your options open, and you can, you can do whatever you want. There's always resources for you. Now, in your uh, particular position, when you do Comic-Con in Providence, we have five or six authors there plus volunteers. So for uh, bathroom breaks, food, stuff like that, you have a backup where somebody's always watching the counter, especially if you're doing a panel and stuff like that. Uh if you did this freelancing by yourself as one, you'd have to have a backup support system, you know, for that many hours. You, you're standing, what, uh, eight, ten hours straight? I mean, yeah, you have, like, a chair or something, but that's not what you mean, obviously. It's a lot of it's a lot of talking to people and connecting with people and networking. Um, so there aren't a lot of breaks, but I will say that um, I usually bring one of my parents with me, like, you know, I'm... I don't need them there. I'm old enough. It's more than just helping me, obviously. But um, but they really enjoy it, too. Like, my dad is really good at sales, and so he always kind of helps get people over to talk to me. It's a really fun, like, experience just to share that with my mom or my dad or whoever happens to be with me that day. No. So, um, you know, in the future, if they're not able to make it, I would obviously be able to lean on my fellow authors. But for now, they're uh, enjoying it, and it's fun for all of us. Now, as a group, uh, every year when the virus wasn't around, we always supplied authors up to the Rhode Island building at the Big E in Springfield. Was you ever lucky enough to win the lottery to get in there? Um, I, I don't think so. I've tried. I mean, have I tried? Well, hmm. I can't remember if I applied for that or not. I probably would have wanted to. Maybe I just didn't make it into the lottery to get it, but... Well, hopefully uh, next time it's available, I'll try again and see how it goes. Now, that particular one, I'm a member of the Connecticut group also, and they supply the authors over at the Connecticut building. And the difference between the two organizations is uh, they have a lot more members in Connecticut in our listening audience, and they break it down in four-hour shifts so they can have more authors come in and, you know, make their members happy for giving everybody more of an equal opportunity. 
you know, it's a luck of the roll, whether it's a rainy day or there's a big performer there that takes the crowd away. There's a lot of intangibles. Mm. But instead of that long eight, ten hour streak and hauling all that stuff in and rolling the dice, that's how they do it, just a little bit different. So that's going to be a work in progress for us and all the other groups in New England, how they handle that after this virus deal. Have you uh, done any virtual signings now while the virus is going on? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, I don't know if you call it a signing, but I did speak to um, some local middle school classes uh, maybe a month ago, almost a month ago. Um, it was really fun just to get talk to the kids and students about writing and what I do. And so it wasn't really a signing, but I did offer to send books for the teachers after the fact. So um, at least they got a couple of signed books to share for the classroom. And I mean, I'd be open to a digital signing. I think it's a really cool option. I think it really handles what we have to do now just temporarily while we wait for things to get better. So um, I think it's really great. And if anybody wants to put that on, I'm, I'm in. I'll do it. <laughs> it sounds great. Now, that was an idea where the school committee contacted you or did you contact them and was it on a Zoom format? Yeah, it was a Zoom format and I actually got it through, you know, our president, Mike Squatrito. He's the one that sent out like a mass email. I think it was to, um, I don't know if it was just the board or if it was, you know, most people, I'm not sure. But um, he was saying that he had a contact from the Plymouth schools, I, I believe it was. And uh, and he's like, yeah, they're looking for authors for their author day to Zoom in. And, you know, it's a paid gig. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> that sounds great, you know. I, so apologize, really I apologize, but I'm looking at your uh, portfolio here. What have you got out right now, either five or six books? Yeah, so right now I have five books out, yes. Five books out right now. Okay, so mm -hmm. you are prolific on this, and you must have a regiment for being such a young gal to produce this many books in a short period of time with your imagination and time requirements, uh, you know, working and all the other things that you're involved in. Could you walk your author's day? How do you appropriate your time to get at that keyboard? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I'm sure I look like I'm really organized about it, but I'm really not. I uh, <laughs> I don't get to write as often as I want to, and it's not so much for lack of time so much as lack of focus. You know, oftentimes I'm motivated to write, but I just can't sit down long enough to do it, or I, I'm, I have the time physically, but my brain just isn't doing it that day. So it's a very rare treat when I get to sit down and actually, like, work on stuff, and it's actually good. So... I mean, I try to listen to music while I'm writing. Um, you know, sometimes also my client work will take some of my brain power from me, which is understandable. You know, I'm grateful. I love doing it. It's just, it does take the brain power, though, for sure. Um, so between that, it's just a lot of a lot of things have to align, and it doesn't always work out. But um, luckily, working for myself the way I am, it does afford me that allowed schedule where I can make my own time my own hours. So I'm very fortunate in that way. And, uh, you know, once I have the ideas, I just kind of let it flow and go from there and just let the story happen. I always tell people I don't outline. <laughs> I, I like to, um, they call it pantsing, like you kind of go by the seat of your pants mostly. I know what I'm doing typically, but it, you know, I like to not tie myself down to a specific outline. So kind of gutsy that way, but it works for me. So Okay, <laughs> most authors have the same 
uh, commonality that I've noticed interviewing over 250 authors here in a couple of years. Dreaming. Mm. Do you get up at 2, 3 in the morning and get you're actually in the book that you're working on and write something down or jump out of bed and what a great idea or to change something that you've already done? The dream aspect oh, of it. <laughs> A great question. Um, well, I typically sleep like a log. I really don't get up in the middle of the night. But that being said, I stay up pretty late. So I stay up till 2 and 3 in the morning writing oftentimes. Um, so for that reason, like, once I'm asleep, that's it. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow. But <laughs> when I'm when I'm writing, I often write better late at night. So it's kind of like half an answer to your question because I'm not dreaming so much, but I am definitely more productive in the early wee hours of the morning. So I'll go with that if that helps. <laughs> That's your routine on that. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's Have weird, you ever it worked on two different books at one time? Well, unless you count client work, no. Not, not for my own books. Um, I, I get very invested in the story and I can't my brain. I mean, that being said, my brain wanders, and I already have an idea for my next concept, and I'm going to try to agent produce it and all that stuff, but haven't really dove into it because I, I really need to focus on my sequel. So um, as soon as I get through that, I'm really hoping to go full force, but for now I have to focus and kind of one-track mind in that way, I suppose. If you're just tuning in, we're on the Author's Hour on WNRI, uh, broadcasting out of the Blackstone Valley on 14 different avenues. And we have a live interview with Angelina Singer, a sci-fi romance writer with uh, five different books on the market right now, available, Bonds Noble, Amazon. Do you have your own website for a purchase to retain more of your profits? Um, I don't currently have that, um, but if anybody wants to buy books directly from me, super easy to reach out. Just reach out to me um, on Instagram or Facebook. It's just Angelina Singer Author is my at. So I can most definitely do that if you just want to pay shipping and pay for the book. I can sign them and mail them right to you. So no problem there. Working on what right now, Angelina? Right now I'm working on the sequel to my time travel coming of age. So the first one is called Forgetting What I Couldn't Remember. And the sequel will be called, um, for, no, <laughs> I was going to get mixed up. It's so embarrassing. Forgetting What I Couldn't Remember is the first one. The second one is Forgiving What I Couldn't Change. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of forgiveness, a lot of moving forward, a lot of anti-bullying tropes and important things like that. Amidst the sci-fi, of course, and time travel, because we got to have that, too. Now, getting into the bookstore aspect, you probably have all your books and Stillwater books with Steve and Dawn down at Pawtucket. Yeah. I'm quite sure that mm -hmm. they would be down there. Now, the other bookstores that are available, have you had a chance to go out and make your pitch, try to get them in, or are they order, ordering from you direct? How, how is that working out? Yeah, so I, in recent years, I've done some local books uh, down where I am, because I actually live in Massachusetts, by the way. So um, I do have a couple of local stores around here, although I don't check in with them as often as I probably should. Um, but also there is an ARIA member that works for Barnes & Noble in Rhode Island. So I believe that I was going to get some books in the store through him. I emailed him recently to check in, and when things allow, I'm hoping to do a book signing there. So, um, you know, as soon as we can have crowds and events again, we definitely want to do that. So, um yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting more exposure. <laughs> now, in your opinion, all the different choices that people have, was, I think there was 985,000 books that were released last year. 
the, the numbers are just staggering with their digital printing right now and the way things are going on it. How big is the sci-fi romance uh, genre in the bookstores or in national sales? Or do you really have to struggle to get your book into a shelf? Are they saturated with the Stephen Kings and stuff like that? Um, that's a great question. I honestly don't know the statistics offhand. I know that I'm mostly marketed to the young adult audience, so it's Stephen King isn't really my target demographic. Like, I know it's just a random example, but, like, it's always more the young adult leaning, although my newer book is leaning toward new adult, a little bit older. But, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you look at people like Suzanne Collins, you know, Hunger Games or um, Divergent, which is Veronica Ross, I mean, those books are massive hits, massive movies made, like, the whole nine yards. So, I mean, there's, there's a huge market. It's just hard to penetrate the market because, like, especially with self-publishing, you don't have that guarantee of, like, is it going to work? You know, is it going to get to people? And so, you know, cultivating those sales is really hard, and that's something I'm still learning. You know, it's something I haven't quite mastered the skill of yet, but, you know, when events start up again, it's a lot easier to get an uptick in sales because you can talk to people. And, you know, my marketing professors always said, if you can be a human and interact with people on a human level, they're going to want to support you. So it's important just to use your platforms to do that the best you can and just tell people about your book. So that's why I love doing stuff like talking to you today, Wayne. It's great to share ideas and exposure. So thank you again. No, the networking opportunities we have with Ari are just endless You know, when we get back to the meetings. Mm-hmm. And then our book signings are driving to and back with carpools and stuff like that. We uh, discover solutions to a lot of problems that all of us are facing in the same business, you know, marketing and stuff like that. Uh, what Cheer Writing Group in Providence is another good reference. Are, are you a member or are you aware of any other sci-fi writing groups in the Rhode Island area? Um, I'm not currently a member. I guess it's not something I haven't really looked into yet. But, I mean, I'm always open to knowing about these things and definitely have to add it to my to-do list. <laughs> it sounds like a really great opportunity for sure. Okay. Um, i got another question here from Earl. And he said, uh, it really part of the conversation today, your guest Angelina said she self-edits. Uh, he has been told by the publishers that is a cardinal sin, that they should have an independent person do the editing to be fair. Do you agree with that? I think it's subjective. You know, I understand that some people may have been so swept up in their own book and I can't see mistakes anymore. I think that's super valid. But my my caveat to that, which is why I do this, is because, I mean, I went to school for writing. Like, I am a trained editor. I've done this, like, so many times. So it'd be kind of silly for me to pay somebody else for something I could do. You know what I mean? So what I do to kind of avoid that risk of missing stuff is I will let it sit for, like, two or three weeks, like... You know, we go through kind of a renewal period, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm not going to look at it. That way, when I come back to it, I have fresh eyes, and it's almost like I become a separate person. I can edit it fresh, you know? So sometimes something as simple as that allows you um, the openness to attack your own work with a fresh perspective, and that makes all the difference. So, but at the end of the day, you have to know yourself, and if you know 
you know what, I'm not somebody who I can trust to edit this correctly. I'm not somebody who maybe has a good eye for this kind of thing. That's okay. Like, there's no shame in asking for help, and that's why my job exists. Like, you know, if there's something you want me to look at, absolutely reach out to me. I'd be happy to do it. You know, we can discuss rates and all that. So, short, long story short, really just do what feels right for you. Don't don't worry about what people say. At the end of the day, it's your book and your plan and your, your idea. So, go forward now with self-publishing with amazon and kdp and stuff like that uh the five different books uh you have the um, total freedom to go in and change anything at any time uh have the five books that you got did you go back in and make any either cover changes you had the cover wrong or edit a certain chapter you know since the books have been out there or are they as they were written yeah, no, I've I've made little changes. <laughs> Nothing drastic. Covers are all, you know, what I wanted when I had them done. Those don't change. But the inside, you know, just subtle little mistake fixes. It's nothing drastic. Um, it just sometimes stuff slips through the, through the cracks. But that's because we're all only human. You know, there's only so much we can do. Even, you know, Harry Potter, my friend always tells me, has uh, typos in it, which I haven't read that. I know, really bad. But... <laughs> But, uh, I mean, it's still, though, the point remains that, you know, we're all human. And until automatons fully take over, you're still going to have spelling mistakes. And probably even still then, because as we know from autocorrect blunders, even computers mess things up. So, I got an email from, I got an email from Valerie from East Haven, Connecticut. And she says, ask your author what she thinks about the six books from Dr. Seuss uh, being taken out of publication. What does she think about it? Oh, man, that... Yeah, I'm not going to get political, but I will say I think it's ridiculous because, I mean, everybody gets offended by something these days. And, you know, to me, it's like it's a cardinal sin to take the context of something, just pop it into today's issues. Because you have to look at the time it was written. At the time it was written, the intent was not to be offensive. And so... You know, the intent doesn't magically change just because we live in this current decade. Like, you know, you have to look at what the the status and the culture was when it was written. And if you can't do that, it's kind of dumb to be like, well, now it's offensive because culture is different now. It's like, no, it was never offensive because it was written in a time where that wasn't offensive and it wasn't intended to be. You know what I'm saying? So I agree. I agree my, 100% in your assessment. Yeah. It, it's totally. absolutely crazy, the world we're living in. It really is. Uh, Especially because, you know, there's so many gross pop artists who are doing gross, disgusting things. And I'm like, how is that okay, but Dr. Seuss is not? So, like, on your, like all right, cool. That's- on your panels that you've been on in the past and then one-on-one at Comic-Con, what is probably maybe one of the top three questions that was submitted to you from one of your readers and stuff like that? There had to be some uh, interesting questions out. How did you come up with that character? Uh, you know, just in general questions. What are things that stand out to you? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's usually not a question about sci-fi. Sometimes we'll ask me general ideas about how do you get your story down? How do you stay focused? How do you do this? Like, all just kind of, um, you know, uh, basic things that we went over earlier with you today on your show. General um, questions. But one of my favorite questions. Yeah, general questions. But, you know, probably one of the biggest questions people ask me is, like, 
like what made you want to start writing books? And so, like I alluded to earlier, my answer to this is an interesting story, which I'll briefly mention because it's really funny and I laugh at it today. I um, was in a band program, like a rock band program, because I play guitar and I, there was this guitarist guy that I met my age and I just had the biggest crush on him. It's so embarrassing now, but I was like so head over heels and like, it didn't matter, but it was a big deal at the time. And so my first book I wrote, um, kind of inspired by that whole thing and uh it's really embarrassing but i think it's really funny and it's called uh, just like a pill and it's a it's a love potion romance which I, I don't think it reflects my current writing at all i think i've come a long way and i'm way better now but it's cute and it's funny and people have enjoyed it and i mean <laughs> he might know about it he might not i know he follows my page still because, you know, people, everybody follows everybody. It's like nothing really matters anymore. And <laughs> I don't know if he knows about it, but, I mean, I kind of don't care at this point. It was almost eight years ago, so that that happened. So I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> the book was written when I was in college, but that whole thing was eight years ago. So, hey, that whatever. Was, that it's was fine. your inspiration <laughs> to get you going. That got you going it on was. this path. And you, and, you know, I'm grateful for him because I told my mom the other day, I'm like, I don't know if I would be an editor or a writer at all if it weren't for that which sounds cheesy but it's true and so <laughs> thanks long-haired guitar playing dude for that Whose name I, I think it's say. a great story myself it's honest it's right from the heart and uh that's what writers do and uh i'll tell you yeah, you, you were on totally. a path to stardom your name was brought up <laughs> at our board you. meetings when we had an opening and uh there was quite a few nominees from our group real quality candidates and uh, your uh, uh, partners in the sci-fi at Comic-Con really, really talked you up and said, you've got to get this girl on the board because she's going to bring so much to the table. And I think this is what's happening oh. now. Welcome to the board. And um, Oh, thank you. It's wonderful to hear. I'm so blessed to be there, and I'm really encouraged to hear that people want to be on there. It's such a, a blessing and an honor and encouragement, so thank you for telling me that. And the other thing is we get done this virus here. We get into some meetings and our monthly meetings. I don't think our uh, Zoom meetings are going to go away. I think it's going to be in conjunction mm. with a live one and then the networking opportunities. And there are some uh, book signing opportunities coming up already in our group later in the year. So things are starting mm. to open up a little bit. Uh, the name of the book is The Sorting Room, uh, Angelina Singer. Another one I have here is uh, Forgetting What I Couldn't Remember by Angelina Singer, amongst their five books out there, available to your, uh, hopefully, your local bookstores. And if you're a bookstore buyer or a manager right now listening to the show, get in touch with this young lady and get those books in there. And then we'll schedule some uh, book signings later in the year. Thank you very much, Angelina. Another great interview, and good luck on your career. Thank you so much, Wayne. I really appreciate this opportunity. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. I wonder, wonder who, 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 who wrote the book out
tell her You never, 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 ever gonna part in chapter three Remember the meaning of romance In chapter four you break up But you give her just one more chance Oh, I wonder, wonder who Who wrote the book of love? The meaning of romance In chapter four you break up But you give me just one more chance Oh, I wonder, wonder Who wrote the book of love? Baby, baby, baby I love you, yes I do I made it all the way up to number five. And uh, did you get your stimulus check? Get your income tax done? You know, winter's not done yet, and you can buy at today's prices. Belu's Flowers and Gift Shop has an ample supply of those Canadian wood pellets, those good quality ones with low creosote buildup. Get a pallet now at today's price. Uh, you have 30 days to remove them off the property. Take eight, ten bags at a time and uh, get stocked up for the remainder of the year. And uh, it was down in the 20s last night in the quiet corner of New uh, Connecticut. And uh, winter's not over yet. We still got those cool nights or, you know, storing for next year at today's price. At Belo's Flowers and Gift Shop. And boy, did they burn the midnight oil last week. They had two funerals and, uh, you know, close family friends and stuff like that. And what happens is everybody gets the flowers from the same place because they all know Jeannie, Ralph, and Stan and the crew. And uh, they worked until 1030 at night getting all those flowers ready for the funerals because of that great customer service for over 60 years. And uh, the pansies are in now. They'll take a light frost and a little bit of snow, add some color to your garden right now. And very, very shortly, they are going to explode with all the flats, all the perennials, all the annuals, you name it. The orders have all been placed. If you can't wait, they have fresh produce right there every day at Belu's Flowers for over 60 years right here at 665 Diamond Hill Road. Give them a call. They'll make a delivery for you, too. 401-766-3165. Don't forget Wednesday, uh, recipe for a good day. And they're extending the uh, Easter special for Buddha ball. Not butter ball, Buddha ball ham. We're not talking turkey. $2.99 a pound. 19 to 22 pound average. Large white eggs. Local eggs are fresh. $1.99 a dozen. And petite Sirloin steak at five forty nine a pound at all seven little general stores. There's one in your neighborhood. They're probably talking about cooking ham and uh, recipe for a good day Wednesday with Jeff and Gary. What a great fun show that is! Now Angelina Singer and other authors that are listening to the authors are right now. If you'd like to get your book, 
into a very, very popular destination. Book Love is Gourmet, your local independent bookstore owned and operated by Debbie Horan since 1995. A brand new location. She moved last year at uh, 72 East Main Street in Webster, Mass. 508-949-6232. She'll be open in about 10 minutes, but I'm sure she's there already, making that Hogan Brothers coffee. And that's also available by the pound. Very hot item there. All the pastries are by Phyllis Bakery, the best around, and Hogan Brothers Coffee, scones, biscotti, espresso drinks, 100% fruit smoothies, frozen hot chocolate, dark or white. I know Corrine likes the white and Roger likes the dark as they're going through Webster. Right there at 72 East Main Street in Webster, Mass. Uh, Give her a call. She can talk to you about uh, stocking the book there. Or um, like she did with the poetry group, they had an outdoor reading of the poetry right in that huge parking lot they have that went off without a hitch. Book Love is Gourmet since 1995. 508-949-6232. Got some poetry coming up too. And uh, we do have one sign up. If you want to contact me at waynewonarodyahoo.com, uh, we got the dates, and we have this for a go right now. Uh, Boroughville Arts and Crafts Festival will have a presence there. Uh, we're going to probably go two authors per 10 by 10 tent, and that should be a perfect spacing for that with the face masks and stuff. But it looks like that particular one's going to go. And uh, Boroughville Arts and Crafts Festival, the date on that's going to be 17th, 18th. Uh, September 18th and 19th at the 2021 Boroughville Arts Festival. Association with Island Authors will have a presence there. You know, the virus permitting. We're going through a new program, too, at ARIA, rebranding decision. We're going to be coming up, uh, working with Judy Glenn and a few of them on the uh, new uh, logo. We're coming up with the new logo and an updated website service, too. Uh, we're going to freshen up everything on our GoFundMe page. Uh, there isn't a single show that goes by that I don't get emails on. I got a collection. Somebody died in the family. How do I properly price out the books? Are they worth it? Uh, should I donation? Okay, here we go. V-I-A-L-I-B-R-I. Add all. Book finder. Alibris, A-Books, uh, BaumanRareBooks.com, WorldOfBooks.com. Uh, one that I belong, I'm a member, but there is a fee, but it covers all the auctions from 1898 to date. com. There is a fee, but if, if you're serious going to be in the business of buying and selling books, the, that is the Bible. Again, Adol, Alibris, there's so many out there. Uh, historical.ha.com uh, you know, there's a good show on Saturday morning Bucks on the Bookshelf uh, on WBBF and uh, so many other things on that you know we talked about the poetry and I can't get over the explosion in that and I keep repeating it you know with the inauguration with uh, President Biden uh, poet Amanda Gorman The Hill We Climb that turned into a three-book deal with over a million per book for her on that. And then America's Got Talent uh, to 2020, 
first poet that ever made the cut and then ended up winning the whole thing, Brandon Leake from Stockton, California. Over a million dollars in awarded prizes, plus a one-year gig in Las Vegas as uh, poetry. And uh, we got uh, Orange Live, DeMont Coombs in our group, a world-renowned performer from New York. And uh, it's just growing by leaps and bounds, the poetry. And I think it's because people have the time now. Another rewind or two on the ARIA 2021 anthology. The theme is green. Color, money, green in experience, so on and so forth. Your interpretation. And uh, get that over to Martha. It is all done independent. The panel, everybody's involved, does not know who submitted anything. And then she has a, a cut. And it's 30 or 40 authors get into the anthology for that particular year. So give it a shot. You're looking for a little project to do. Okay. If I'm looking, going to a yard sale or going to a library book sale to buy and sell and resell books, what are some of the categories to look at? Interesting question. Thank you very much, Pammy. Um, I'm, I'm involved in this pretty heavy. And uh, the recent six months, I've done really good in Jewish books. I made a real good killing a couple of weeks ago on a bullfighting book. Some, some dealers stay away from these. I've done well with them. Haynes repair manuals. But basically on Chevrolet and Fords, the two most popular brands in the country, when those books were you know, generated. As we know, Toyota and your foreign cars now are tops. But Toyota is moving up now on the manuals and sales now, and it's number three. Chemistry books. Do your search on them. If you can score some very good text chemistry books, you can do really good flipping them. Really, really good. Leather-bound books. Pick it up. Look at it. Publisher, date, first printing. Uh, books in Spanish. Original first edition Harry Potter. Even though there's such a big saturation, the original first editions are still very sought after. Books on horses. I don't know why. Of all the mammals and stuff like that. But Older books on horses bring a good fee on Amazon and eBay and Etsy. Etsy, I've done really good with horse books. I don't know why. Uh, a friend of mine, he has switched over and he's got the uh, radar out for engineering books. He, you know, because he knows that field. He knows the good ones and what is it. And he's doing very well on that niche market on engineering books. So you can take it to any limit you want. And like I said, there's all kinds of sources. You've just got to, like any other profession, your rewards will be coming to you from the amount of work you put into it. You surround yourself with good people. You surround yourself with good information. Come up with a plan. And you can enter those markets. Even though there's so many books that are released every year. Which one to buy, which one not to. 
Cereal's Pizza Rama and Restaurant is open today, too, with the best uh, pizza deal in Northern Rhode Island. Lodge Cheese Pizza every Tuesday at Cereal's Pizza Rama and Restaurant. A full 15 slices, rectangle shape, only $6. At Cereal's Pizza Rama and Restaurant at the Bridgeton Triangle on uh, Church Street, Pasco. Call them for a delivery. Uh, you watch it now that basketball and the hockey that's going on right now. 401-568-7187. Over 52 years in business. We're right there. Our dining room is now open through the virus here at Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 11 to 8. And then the best breakfast in Northern Rhode Island, Saturday and Sunday from uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. Close Monday, unless there's a fundraiser in town. And don't forget that Sunday dinner for two. Your choice of six to ten entrees, uh, pork, chicken, fish, or Italian, $19.99. Including soda and coffee, including decaf, and then a homemade dessert. All of that and so much more home-cooked food at Cereal's Pizzerama and Restaurant. Delivery or pickup right at the door, piping hot, 401-568-7187. And they are back from New Smyrna, Florida, getting ready for the icebreaker right up at Thompson. And Stafford kicking off with the Spring Sizzler. And also Monadnack Speedway every Saturday night. You can see the 53-foot trailer from Northeast Race Cars and Speed. Or pick up and ship daily from Six Hill Road in Harrisville, 401-710-992. And that is the same location as Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair. Calling out of state. 1-800-766-4748 from 8 to 5 right there. Race car parts supplier and custom fabrication. Chassis setup. They'll actually square up your chassis for you. Last year's uh, fender benders. Simpson, MSD Ignition, Willwood, Moroso, so much more. Race car parts and service from a career-long racer, Mr. Shane Hopkins, Herbie, all the uh, relatives and stuff, and... Uh, Boy, I'll tell you, they've got a crew up there. ASC certified, too, and the best brake job in Northern Rhode Island. At Northeast Race Cars and Speed and Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair. 401-710-9992. I got just one more. They're not open today. They're doing a bang-up job on the weekend. And it's another part of our business. We're talking about comic books. Did you know we have a destination store for all your comic books and gift items at Green Dragon Comics, Gifts, and so much more? We are at the Dragon is the slogan. And if you're on Route 100 and 102 over in Chapachet, you can't miss it. A six-foot inflatable dragon at one Victory Highway. Uh, weekend hours, they're really packed with sealed events and dueled events. We're talking about Magic the Gathering, Fortnite, brand new comic books, a locator service, and so much more. Social media savvy businesswoman, Green Dragon Comics on Facebook. She updates it almost every day with all kinds of events coming up, new releases, and so much more. Green Dragon Comics and Gifts, also at 401-949-2076. It's amazing how that business is so huge. We got our winter updates, too, and uh, small state big history. Got a future guest coming on, and I'm looking at the clock. We got 9.59. I'd really like to thank Angelina Singer today 
uh, newest board member of ARIA. And um, five books out there right now. Sci-fi with a heavy hint of romance in the books. And what a writer she is. I was so honored to have her on the show and welcome her aboard at ARIA. Uh, next week, we're going to switch gears and we're going to go back to two authors. Uh, probably a children's author on the second half or some poetry. We're getting more and more emails on requests on poetry. And I am getting buried at the home office on new submissions. All the different uh, publishers and uh, publicists keep mailing to me to please read my work and get me on the author's hour. So we'll try to squeeze everybody in and we'll double up starting next week with two authors, you know, per show. We'll split it in half and keep all the sponsors happy at the same time. Every Tuesday morning on WNRI, the Author's Hour. Thank you very much for tuning in. Remember tomorrow, have the best day of your life and happy Easter to everybody this Sunday. I know I'm going to enjoy it with my family. We have a brand new great-grandson and uh, Wyatt Lucas Spink was born last week up in Milo, Maine. That's our third great-grandchild. I can't wait to get up there to hold him. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at waynewnri.yahoo.com and for tuning in to the Author's Hour. Remember to shop locally and to read a book. And tomorrow, please have the best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber. The ninth complaint, 55-year-old Sherry Ville claims Cuomo kissed her when he came to her house to assess flood damage in 2017.